Hello, hello. Welcome to another MMCU. That is Monday morning cash up. It is not Monday morning. It is Wednesday afternoon. And I am on one right now. Um, I've had, is this my third or fourth cup of Earl Grey? Which I think equates to maybe half a candy bar for a four-year-old. So take that as you will. It's a lot of energy. It's the holiday season. We're all feeling fantastic, right? I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, but let's focus on... Let's focus on you right now. How are your holidays? Uh, are you playing lots of games, right? You are, because this is a gaming podcast and all of us. Or are you taking a break, or is the weight of the world on you right now? Is Are things too heavy, and do you not have any time to play games? If you need if you need a recommendation that's short, and you don't know what to play, you have all these AAAs sitting there, and you're scared of the commitment they take, uh, drop us a line. We'll give, us a, we'll give you a little recommendation as to what you can play with here. Very limited time. But uh, uh, it's it's weird having um, Christmas in L.A. I've been here about 11 years. I'm from the snowy north of Minnesota. And it's, it's always strange. I think it's a very Kevin McAllister feeling right now of, I need snow at Christmas. So, uh, yeah. Not to be a bummer, I like this place, I like LA. LA Christmases, this is a side note from the usual gaming chatter, but LA Christmases are unique since everybody isn't from here, everybody leaves the state, or rather the town, and it just becomes dead, and all the stores, restaurants, and bars are emptied, and there's just this this fun feeling of community when you when you are one of the few that are left behind. So, looking forward to that. What are your Christmas plans? Are you going places? Are you flying? Are you driving? Are you hiking? Are you hitchhiking? Are you walking the earth like David Carradine? I don't know. Oh, Jules, David Carradine, Pulp Fiction reference, Kung Fu reference. Anyway, it's not a it's not a movie podcast, Kyle. It's a gaming podcast. Stop it. Okay, I hear you. Um. I am sitting here also right now, if you hear a slight hum in the background, it is a space heater at my feet. I don't wear any layers really outside because I get too overheated, but my feet are always cold. So if you hear any any hum, it's that. Okay, let's get into the gaming news. Um, There's not a lot of news for Robot Cash. Everyone's kind of working on um, the backend stuff, fixing bugs. Uh, Thank you for sending in a few of them. Um, we had a few uh, fans, community members from South America that sent in some very detailed bugs. Uh, thank you for that. I believe we fixed all of them, so thank you. Um, giveaways. I was pinged about giveaways, too. Looks like we're going to be starting that up in the beginning of the new year. We got a bunch of new assets to co- coincide with that. Um, if you're not following us on Instagram, make sure you do that because we will be showcasing the winners of something. Ooh, what is this mechanism that's going to be happening? So follow us on Discord and follow us on Instagram. The two are tied together for this upcoming thing. So we will be giving away iron and free games. So if that sounds like your thing, uh, tune in. Okay, uh, there's a lot of gaming news I want to get over or go over, get over, get over some of it. Um, go over today. The biggest one is that it's official. E3 is dead. And a lot of you might be like, well, Kyle, wasn't it already dead? And you know what? You're not wrong. It kind of was. So, um, 
yeah, they officially came out and said E3 is no more. It's not going to happen again. And I was there uh, in the 2000s. Uh, it was a lot of fun. A lot, very expensive. It seemed. It seemed like a lot of people were throwing money away. Um, and went to many of them as a journalist, and then as a member of the developer publisher community, and then also a member of an agency. So I got to see it from a lot of different angles, and it certainly had changed a lot over the years. And by the end of it, it was just. It wasn't the same uh, as Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft all backed out and then it just got smaller and smaller. And someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the reason why E3 was created in the first place was because of retailers needing to see products firsthand in like in person so that they could allocate certain shelf space for for this so you know any of those types of retailers because this is before digital distribution and all that so they'd look at these games and then journalists would certainly come too and it served that purpose but once that purpose went away and digital distribution became a big part of it um yeah it 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 didn't have that anymore and it got to be really expensive a lot of developers and publishers were cutting their budgets and so other things have come up like the, you know, I think it's the Summer Game Fest or whatever. And then also the Game Awards, which happened uh, last week. I uh, don't want to talk about them, really. Um, you might have seen a lot of the ire that came out there about um, devs not being able to give more than 30 seconds of a speech um, to accept their awards. And some devs weren't welcomed on stage and all that. So I don't want to get too much into that, but I... I hope we can find a way for a neutral organization that benefits the art and craft of video games to step in and uh, host an award show that gives these people the respect they deserve. How about that? How is that? Is that good? Is that a good answer? So anyway, uh, E3, yeah, PAX also. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you can mention E3 without mentioning PAX and how PAX took a lot of the attention away from that as a gathering because it was open to the public and a, the public did want to go for E3 for many years. But, you know, it was hard to make that happen because of that purpose of serving retailers, of serving journalists, and how do you manage both at the same time. And, yeah, the whole world of communication and the gaming industry has certainly changed a lot. But rest in peace, E3. You will and won't be missed for many reasons. I got a little story here. Um, one of the first times I went to E3, I was really saddened by it because like many people, I had grown up and it was like the holy grail of like gaming pilgrimages we could go to. And I was really excited to check out all these games behind closed doors. I really felt special as a journalist that I got to see these things. And, you know, I got to meet people uh, that I had really respected throughout the years, got to make some friendships that have lasted a very long time. Um, but one of the things that really saddened me was uh, there was like a sense of eagerness to see games fail. Uh, I was there at the very famous Konami presentation when they showed uh, a disastrous uh, rock band type game. I can't remember what it was called. Drum Hero? Um, when the sync was off and they showed a couple of other games that had they weren't up to snuff, let's just say. And um, a lot of people were very happy that that had failed. And I got kind of mad and frustrated about that. And then I saw people bragging about how much swag that they had. And, uh, you know, just little tchotchkes that really didn't mean anything. There was stuff that you could buy in bulk for cheap and then slap a logo on. And people were, um, 
they'd wait in line for that and grab that type of stuff and then not really see the game they were just there for kind of the stuff and they would brag about all over the years all the free product they got and special trips and i love this medium so much that it kind of soured it a little bit but there was still a special place in my heart and uh i had some friends that hosted some amazing parties too that i don't know how where i'll see people now so it's kind of sad uh all right let's go uh there was one article here that i think came out last week but let's see the date yeah december 6th um this is something i wanted to bring up it says Nintendo Live event canceled following threats against staff. The subheadline is safety concerns for its staff and attendees have forced Nintendo 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 to cancel its annual live event that was meant to start up in mid January 2024. Um, it says the according to a press release says the event was canceled because it was decided that the customer's safety could not be fully secured. Nintendo explained. A similar reason was given for postponing the Splatoon Koshian tournament for Splatoon 3, meant to run on December 16th. Customer safety could not be fully secured. We have decided to postpone the event. Um, I'm I'm really frustrated by that. I know there's a lot of fandom that thinks it's funny to uh, harass people. They think it's funny to make death threats, even though it's maybe something that they wouldn't actually do. They think it's funny to dox, but uh, let's just look at situations like this and let's try and pull back and if you see people doing that and if you see people in your circle talking about these types of things bragging about it please stand up if you can please say something because this isn't uh this isn't the industry that we all love it's not the full of camaraderie and warmth that we all kind of like about the industry right so on to a more happy thing well kind of (laughs) Um, we talk a lot on this podcast about game preservation and I'm really excited about what things could potentially be done in the blockchain and as a blockchain company I think that's really cool that we can potentially do that anyway um, here's an article it says game preservation saving digital worlds for future generations of gamers and it's a uh, I believe it's an uh, opinion piece on game developer I'll put it into the the news links in our discord Um, but it talks about like the rise of digital distribution why we haven't really done a good job of maintaining um, these IPs, maintaining the original, you know, uh, files for games. Like I mentioned in a previous podcast, we tried to release the original source code for the game Thief when I was at Idols Montreal, but we only had portions of it, and we could not track it down. And there just hasn't been very good uh, record keeping or um, saving of these files. And I worry with a lot of live service games, we might be running into the same problem. There might be games that are completely lost to time. And whether or not they are good games is irrelevant. Keep that in mind. Preservation of our media, whether it's good or bad, is so important. So really cool article. It just goes into all this that we're talking about in more nuance. Like I said, I'll throw it in the uh, Discord, in the Gaming News channel. So check that one out. Um... Here's another one. I won't have to go into it very much. Uh, but this is, again, I post a lot about the music. We did a podcast on game music. Uh, this is one is Cultural Influences in the Game Music Composition of Secrets of, I think you say this, uh, Skifa Island, S-K-E-I-F-A. Um, it says, A case study of music in the game, Secrets of Skifa Island, focusing on cultural influences derived from the game's Nordic setting and how that re- research shaped the music composition process. Um it's a I love this type of stuff I love the creative 
minds and how these extremely passionate people in this industry put their heart and soul and make a mark and try to do something different on this. Um, so I'll, let me, I'll give you an excerpt of it. Um, it's going to be a bit long. It said, when I started working on Secrets of Skifa Island, the music direction for the project was straightforward. I was asked to infuse every piece of music for the game with a Nordic style. Secrets of Skifa Island is set in modern times. The location for the game consists of a small, charming island that is home to a small fishing village and a modest farm. Everything about Skifa Island is designed to be thoroughly pleasant and atmospheric, inviting leisurely, leisurely exploration and sightseeing. And it goes on, with that in mind, I, I contrasted the idyllic setting against the top examples of quote-unquote Nordic music that I could find. Right away, I could see that I had a bit of a problem to solve. If you've never explored the genre of contemporary music in the Norse heritage, I urge you to give a whirl. And there's a link there. It's famous for its brooding drones, haunting horns, and lamenting flutes. Most of it is performed by costumed warrior musicians. They're frequently covered in face paint, wearing great big antlers, and decorated with intricate Viking runes. Modern Nordic music is essentially the aesthetic of Lord of the Rings blended with death metal. Add the grim iconography derived from Norse mythology, and the result is very dark, very, very, very dark. Um, and then they talk about more, the, that wasn't what they wanted to do, so they explored other inspirations, and very cool. So, you know, I think we all have seen lots of iterations of Norse mythology, certainly God of War, um, Valheim, uh, there is, I think this, yeah, Valheim would be, um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and many different pieces of media, Vikings, a TV show, so th there's nothing that really shows that happy side of it, <laughs> um, and so that, you know, shapes our POV of these things. All right, moving on to another one. Um, wow. My whole bungalow just shook. I hope that wasn't an earthquake. <laughs> All right. Um, there is a... Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about uh, fandom and things that happen and how companies get hit by this type of thing. So, uh, Epic... Uh, not Epic. Um, oh, this article's gone. Oh, that's weird. Well, the link I have here is still up, but it says, Insomniac Games hacked, blackmailed with doxing and game leaks. A ransomware group plans to sell off the personal information of Insomniac Games employees and information on its Wolverine game. Um, let me see if I can find a quick link on that. I just checked that. Why would that article not be up? Uh, let's see. Yeah, here's another one. Um, it says the alleged ha attackers say, will say they will sell the data in seven days demanding two million dollars in bitcoin it's not clear if insomniac had been made aware of the breach as the studio and its parent company sony have not responded to a request for comment uh, and th this is you know not a new thing there have certainly been a few of these that have happened lately but uh come on like why are we attacking these people that make the art that we love especially a lauded developer and uh like uh insomniac i think everything they've put out has been pretty much a solid title so i don't know it just it gets me a little upset just leave these people alone go attack the bad guys come on um here's another one that is i hadn't heard about this and i saw an article up about it uh it's called 
says behind dev team life the most relatable comic about making games and it says Con concept artist and comic strip creator victor lahu La lalu shines a too familiar light on common game development gripes and i'm not going to like try and describe the comics because i've tried that before and my wife has looked at me like you completely failed delivering that joke and that punchline uh, but yeah, if you ever wondered what it's like inside of a developer or just like the gaming industry in general, this comic does a pretty good job of framing that. And there's one about, um, uh, I'll just describe a little bit. It's a white guy drawing uh, a black character and they're saying, don't put that, please tell me you didn't put a certain haircut on him. And the character did. <laughs> so... There's a lot of things that we need to change and work on in the gaming industry, and I think this is uh, a good way to tackle it. So, fun to see. And uh, let's see, another thing I wanted to bring up was, uh, oh yeah, Fan Jam. Thanks for sending a, uh, some stuff in the gaming news section too. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, I wanted to, yeah, here it is. Here's what I wanted to say. Uh, it says Epic admits it personally created advocacy group to target a Apple. Epic's legal back and forth over Google revealed it intentionally started the Coalition for App Fairness to combat Apple's store practices. Um, it says... It says the CAF launched in 2020 with other tech companies like Basecamp and Spotify also listed as founding members. In 2021, The Verge reported Epic had created the group to help win its case against Apple, though at the time, Epic denied the allegations. So now they're admitting it. Um... I saw some some posts about this that were like, you know, that's shady to do that type of thing. Um, whether you believe it or not, it's pretty common these days for something like that to happen. Uh, here's a little bit about um, kind of the larger communications industry. A uh, lot of like, um, how do I say this? Uh, companies that have one intent will create organizations that have a more pure intent and they will research into the first company the second company will, re will research into the first company and find no wrongdoing or you know uh, an example would be a cigarette company uh you know creating a uh, lung health association or something like that and the research comes out saying oh smoking doesn't actually cause lung cancer or something i mean there's lots of examples of this throughout many years and decades uh, but don't be surprised if this type of thing happens in gaming now whether or not you believe that uh this thing that epic did is good or bad um it's i just wanted to say that you know there are companies there are certainly good companies out there that create advocacy groups to further their purpose too um and uh yeah it's it's pretty typical, so don't be surprised when these things come out. And uh, that's about all I have for news today. I wish I had a lot more. I, it's been a slow slow news week. This is the time of year when everybody slows down a little bit. A lot of the gaming industry uh, takes vacations. They've been crunching all year. Most of the games are already out. A lot of the big patches are out. Uh, just be good to your developers and publishers right now, especially your community. You may not get the big patches that you've been hoping for, um, but you do have a lot of games to look at in your rearview mirror that are out. There's so many discounts going out. We've we've been pushing discounts left and right. Um, 
So, yeah, it's a, it's a slow time. But big things are on the horizon for Robot Cash for sure. So I say it every week, and I'm saying it this week. But look for a lot of those in the coming new year. Uh, it's basically decided that um, instead of rushing something out pre-Christmas while everyone is kind of busy with a lot of things, uh, we're going to be doing a lot more in the new year instead. So we're kind of in heads-down mode. We're in let's prep for everything Uh I said it last week, and I think I said it the week before, but we're prepping a ton of new social assets and new templates that are going to really reshape our social media presence. So I'm excited, and I'm excited for new interviews. Like We got a lot more of those coming. Uh, please let me know if there's any topic you'd like to hit. Uh, the AI one has been extremely relevant these days, as things are certainly picking up in that. Um, we're going to be chopping up some of those podcasts, too, into clips and promoting them on social. And I could definitely use your help if there is anything out there that you like and uh, you're, you feel like it's a good piece of content, please share it with the world. Uh, we could always use a little bit of help in that promotion side of things. So thank you to our community. Thank you to everyone at Robot Cash for all their hard work throughout the year. Um, I will be here next week and I will be here the week after. The MMC, you don't quit. It don't quit ever. As long as I'm here, the MMCU will be coming out every week. So thank you everyone so much for tuning in, and uh, I will catch you next week. Bye-bye.